How much time till we're on? Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Ah, the conversations we have at the Sports Day studio. Are we changing music? No. No, because our listeners love it. I've just learnt, ladies and gentlemen, that Scott Sattler is a tight ass. Not really. No, you're you're putting. I won't give away what you're thinking about getting uh, the lovely Beck for Christmas. Yeah. But you said to me, depends how much it costs. Yeah, because come on, because well, it's that time of year. That I, oh, wrong one. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather not spend that much at that time of year, but I would do it at another time of the year when, you know, funds were available, mate. What do you mean? Are you, are you struggling at the moment? Do you need some money? <clears throat> are you no. all right? Actually, watching 1986 grand final replay on Fox Sports now, and of course we had Brett Kenny on yesterday, last night, I should say, and he, of course he appears in this game. One of, it's the lowest scoring grand final, this one. No tries scored. And looking at some of the players that played for the Bulldogs, players that you sort of seem to forget over the years. There was a winger by the name of Steve O'Brien. Yeah. He's a good winger, actually, playing on the wing here. Well, next year, you could, or not next year, but the year after, Jerome Luai could be in a Bulldogs <laughs> jersey because apparently he met with Gus today, probably had some Chinese. Oh, well, it depends how important the, the meeting is. If you have Chinese, it's an important meeting. Did he have Chinese, Daddy? Jeff Robinson. What about how good he was? Welcome to the show, by the way. He looked like Charles Manson. Hello to our listeners and Scotty, Scotty Sattler. How are you? I'm really well. Really well, actually. How are you, more the, more Mate, the point, because you sound absolutely terrible. I sound worse than I'm feeling, but mm. uh, thanks to my wife, I don't have it, but she's had COVID, and then I've got the remnants of it over the last couple of days. And so I'm so. sitting in a studio with you right now. Yeah, but you and I don't kiss the way me and her do. <laughs> so do. you're safe, right? It, it's actually a really good – it's a good – window into the soul of a, of a relationship that if your partner's got COVID and you don't eventually get it, it's a fair idea that you don't go near each other. Well, that's a bit rude. I'm sleeping next to her. Yeah, well. Well, you don't, you don't. Do you have pillows in between? No. Uh, you don't. Do you have two single beds? Like, I remember walking no. into a friend's of mine's <laughs> house and his mum and dad had a, two single beds in there. Yeah, my mum and dad I had thought, single beds. That's weird. What's going on here? Yeah, apparently yeah. it's got to do with snoring. I think it's something else. Yeah. No, you're not in the mood when you're sick. How can you, like, I, she's been sick as a dog. I, mm. I'm not in the mood. How sick is a dog? Very. Mm. Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network, SEN 1170, uh, SEN Q in Brizzy, SEN Track, SEN Fanatic. Uh, all of you listening via the SEN app and SENZ in New Zealand. Big show tonight. We're going to talk about my favourite sport, cricket, in about time. Mm. Although, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about the, the chat you had last night with Brett Kenny, you and Rat. Yeah, it was very good. You know, he's such a laid-back guy, Brett Kenny. And I've got to say, we could have probably done probably two more segments with him. He's just We didn't get to a lot of a lot of his career. to be, And it wasn't more about the career. It was more about, because the hot news at the moment is about, they're obviously going to be looking at some immortals very soon. And that started here, you know that. 
I that, know. That was a chat that started on Sports Day. Just out of nothing last and the, week. And then, because there's nothing else happening at the yeah. moment, all of the journalists around Australia have just picked it up. Mm. And now it's a massive di- the discussion. In fact, were you on Melbourne Radio today talking about it and they're envious? Was that today? Uh, last week it was. And they were talking about the immortal <clears throat> status and how there's some sports that are very envious about the National Rugby League. And, yeah, all sports have got the, the Hall of Fame. Cricket's got the Hall of Fame. Your, your AFL's got the Hall of Fame. Uh, your football has got your Hall of Fame. But um, don't have this immortal status. Some clubs have got the immortal status at their clubs, but not overall as a game. And yeah. They're quite envious of some of the things the NRL done from, from a, I suppose, a, a privileged standing within the game. Um, I think it'll take on. I think it'll take on with other, with other sports, to be quite honest. Rooster Muzz actually is texting early and said, regarding the interview with Bert yesterday, guys, hard to pick one performance as Bert's greatest in such an illustrious career. But for me, it was his performance for Wigan in the 85 Challenge Cup final over Hull. What a player, what a performance, what a game. Thoughts, can't agree with you anymore. Like, it's... You know, to go over there and just dominate that competition as well. Um, and back then it was in the off-season. So you're playing a full season, then going over going and over. playing in the off-season. Yeah. Sturlow was, was halfback for Hull. He played a 9.5 out of 10. Burt played a 10 out of 10. They had John Muggledon that was at Leeds, uh, Freddie Arcoy. Um, there was great players amongst both teams. There was Chica Ferguson playing for uh, for Wigan it's as well. It's almost an all-stars. Oh, it was an amazing game. In front of 100,000 people yeah, at Wembley. Wow. Is, and Bert just put on an absolute clinic, he did. And then came back in 1986 and led Parramatta to this game that we're seeing on Fox Sports, the replay right now. So, Rooster Muzz, I've got to say, even though it wasn't played in the NRL, which was the tougher competition and still is today, just based on player to player, it was one of the greatest individual performances, I think, we've seen from a rugby league player. Definitely be in the top 10 if you had to put them together. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right, you want to be involved tonight, 0457 736 736. That's the text line in Australia. Double eight double three in New Zealand. Uh, 1300 01 1170 is our phone number. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the greatest Australian cricketers of all time. Now, Sats and I are going to put together a top three list, and tomorrow night, we're going to present them to a former Australian captain. And get his thoughts on them. So we're we're going to do our own immortal status. Yes, in, in cricket. cricket. While it's do a we hot call, topic at the moment. Do we call it the Don? Do we call it the Richie? Is is Donald Bradman officially the greatest cricket player that Australia's ever produced? No, I think Shane Warne is. Okay, so so do we call it the Warney? Well, is it is is it the Don because he really was a is a trailblazer? He set some pretty high standards. Mm. Maybe it's but, like but, it's but, like Ken Irvine. Ken Irvine. The greatest try scorer for over fifty years. Played for a team that didn't win yeah. a lot of games for a large portion of his career, and but then it's we still haven't overtaken that. You know, still Alex Johnson still got another twenty two, twenty three tries before he beats that. So, will Ken Irvine still be regarded as one of the greatest try scorers of all time if Alex Johnson overtakes him? I think he is. Going back to our award, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. So this is what I'm going back to our award. Donald so Bradman, yeah. is Don in three, or do we call the medal after the Don, and you got to pick three? Well, if it was cricket immortals, which is just Australian players, he, he'd be a, a lady. he's a lady, yeah, because he was a trailblazer. And so we I was call- reading somewhere today, he after 25 tests, he'd scored three and a half thousand runs. So you look at Ricky Ponting, who's yeah. the greatest run scorer of all time, like nearly 12,000 runs. He played 160 something tests. So he did that after 25. So if you 
multiplied it by and take it up to where Ricky Ponting is. I think he scores around 13 or 14,000 runs if he stays on that same trajectory. I know that Ponting and co played a lot more tests. Yeah. Hence why the... He uh, hit most of his... Um, well, go, go back in time and nothing against Ricky Ponting, who I think is one of the greats. He's not my great, but he's one of the... He's in the top three, in my opinion. Who's this? Ricky Ponting. Yeah. You go back to the Don days. Mm-hmm. Bigger grounds. Yep. Lighter bats. No protection. He only hit about a dozen sixes in his career. Yeah, yeah. Everything else was controlled and along the carpet. And when they toured, they toured for six months to England. Mm. I mean, it's Much all, tougher. It's all retrospective, isn't it? I mean, the, the conditions and, and the resources that you got to use, it's all retrospective. It's like people saying, oh, if so-and-so played back in the 60s or 70s, um, they would have dominated even more. Well, they may not have, I've got to say, because, again, it's completely different conditions. I mean, I've got to say, I was looking at some footage the other day of Wally Lewis. He was in a test match against Great Britain, and while he was trying to push his way towards the try line, he had three English players around his head. I think young Drummond was a young winger in the early, early 80s and was basically trying to take his head off. There was another player that was eye-gouging him, and he ended up scoring in the end, but that's what I suppose a lot of the players for a large part of the era, that's what they were confronted with, much like the cricket players and body line and short balls and no regulations around it, whatever it may be. And players are a lot more, I suppose, conscious now in all sports around damaging the opposition and consistently. And where back then it was just a free-for-all in, in league, AFL, cricket, whatever it may be. So it's all retrospective about how great someone is in, in any era. Give us your three. So, so we're, le- we're, leave- we're leaving out the Don. We're leaving out the Don. So the immortal status is the Don. Okay. Okay. I'm going, I'm going Warren, definitely, obviously. I'm going Ponting, definitely. Uh, Ian Chappell, one of the greatest skippers we've ever seen in the I don't think he'll game. accept the Don Award. <laughs> uh, Alan Border. Um, and I know you've got your thoughts around Alan Border. I'm going to say at the moment, I'm going to say Warren and Ponting, and I'm going to allow the listeners to convince me potentially about a player that deserves to come before those two players. Keith Miller, Richie Benno. Keith Miller. One of the great stories on that um, bizarre sports podcast at the moment. Mm. It's a two-parter with Mick Malloy and Titus O'Reilly. Amazing story. He's a bit of a renegade, wasn't he? Well, it's alleged that he hooked up with Princess Margaret. So he was Warney back in the 30s and Absolutely. 40s. Yeah, okay. I'll give you my top three in this order. Okay. Alan Border, number one. Okay, so Alan Border, he, of course, he revived Australian cricket when he, he took over as the captaincy. Um, the the con- the most amount of consecutive games in the history of cricket, 160-something tests. Yeah. Yeah. And he had no one. Games, yeah. He took over retiring players and rebuilt Australian cricket and had a no-holds-bar attitude towards it all. If you didn't like the way I captained, get out. Yeah, there's a big reason why Australian cricket is as strong as it, what it is today is because of Alan Border. Number two, you can't go past Warney. Shane Warne, yeah, agree. You just can't. Writing these down, just yeah. amazing. Number three. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, I've got two. So we're going to name our three immortals. And I want our listeners involved. And yeah. then we're going to, as a show, name it and then present them to a former Australian captain tomorrow night on the show. 
Oh, Let's we, see what he is. Is that a hook and you can't say hook and tease? It's anymore. a hook and tease in the biz. Okay. Actually, we were watching something on the news last night. Wife and I said, she goes, that's a hook and tease. Yeah. Um, my third one, I can't split Ricky Ponning or Glenn McGrath. Well, 798 here says AB Warren McGrath. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I can't split Ponning and McGrath. Okay. McGrath was outstanding with that new ball. Unbelievable. Um, and I'm not being pro New South Wales because I've got AB at the top, Warren Victorian number two, but I just can't split Ponting and, and uh, Glenn McGrath. I'd probably go Ponting just to have another batsman in there. That's so, probably it. So you're going to go AB, Warren, Ponting. Yeah, Glenn McGrath, very close four. We're not picking four. I know. You've got to pick three. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Who makes our mortals list of Australian cricketers? Can we do immortal uh, AFL players tomorrow night? Sure. <laughs> you got to play the never-ending story. Uh, Warwick Kappa, music during number one. Yep. Carey, uh, um, Mark Jackson, and Carey three, and Spider. Oh, Spider. Spider every, and his feet. mad dreadlocks. Did you see those feet? I Horrible. Saw the photo. I was, I was, did a function with him couple of weeks ago it's it's horrific mm. he can't wear shoes no uh 0457 736 736 who makes our list of immortals uh double eight double three if you're in new zealand or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 big show tonight um you got a very special guest that you caught up with a couple of days ago world crossfit games gold medalist this is a remarkable story sats we'll have a chat to um uh, Rogan Dean. Now, so Rogan Dean was uh, grew up playing rugby league. He was player of the Cowboys junior development system. And I used to commentate him a lot for, for Channel 9 on the Host Plus Cup, the Queensland Cup. He was a winger in that competition for Norse and Ipswich. And I've got to say, a really good winger as well. Really strong. Um, strongly built as well. And you'll hear his story, listeners, because it is quite a remarkable story that one day during Christmas a few years ago, he's going for a ride on his motorbike. And someone runs a red light and hits him. And he loses his leg in the accident. So obviously his dream of rugby league is gone. But he finds another passion and has become a world champion at it. It's pretty inspirational, actually. His mindset behind it all. We'll have a chat to him before 7 o'clock tonight. For Cobram Estate, the good oil, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Carlin Ponger has thrown down the gauntlet to Reese Walsh for the Queensland number one jersey. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, no, I want to play in that arena for sure. A bit like that jersey, you've got to work hard to earn it. It's not given. Um, and he definitely earned that jersey this year and played pretty well in it as well. So I'm not really worried. I don't go into the season you know, thinking about that. Obviously, I want to play well at Clubland and hopefully that takes care of it. But yeah, I do want to be there. Well, you look at the New South Wales side, They've got three fullbacks in the one team, and yeah, if yeah. all fully fit, they'll find room. I'm talking about Mitchell, 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 Teddy, and also Travojevic. Queensland will have to just do the same. Well, I don't think I don't think Billy will ever follow the the blueprint of New South Wales. He'll he'll dance to the beat of his own drum. We know that, and he does it very well, Billy. But he has got luxury at the moment, hasn't he? Now take your New South Wales hat off and just. Think if you're a neutral player and you're or fan, you're sitting down picking a Queensland side, and everyone is playing well and everyone is fit. And if you look at the Blues and the Maroons in Game Two last year, the the team for Queensland, without of course Ponga who stood down, is you got Reese Walsh at fullback, Xavier Coates, Valentine Holmes, Hamaso, and Murray Taulangi. 
fair to say Tao Lungi's safe. Reese Walsh, I think if they're both playing really well, even though Kalen's the Dalian medal winner, I think Reese still gets the nod, even though he's got a few mistakes in his game, but he's one of the most explosive players. Yep. So do you I've always believed you just pick the team. Pick the best players who are in form and you just find a, try and find a place for them. Yep. Is that argument the same with Origin? Because it's so cutthroat. You, you can't have players out of position, especially in important defensive decisions. Val's actually won a comp on the wing. He's played for Queensland on the wing. Does Val become a winger and does, to, to fit your narrative, does Kalen play in the centres? Or, or listeners does, and, and Jace does, one of the players like Reese Walsh or Kalen, probably Kalen at the moment because Reese has got the jersey, do they become one of those players like Matty Ballin and Andrew McCulloch? who were around during Cam Smith's days and only got to play you know, a handful of origins. Cliffy Lyons, who was around with Brett Kenny, and then a young kid came yeah. on the scene called Brad Fittler. Yeah, so, or, or does Billy, or would you as a selector, would you just say, no, we've just got to pick the 17, 18, well, and we'll try and fit them in? Why wouldn't you pick him in the centres and get him to play a role that uh, Tommy around. Turbo did yeah. in origin, just drifted around? Yeah, well, I mean... It, it was a nightmare for Queensland when Tommy did it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's possibly the best spot for him. Mm. So you've got – it's a double threat. You've got Walsh at fullback with his speed and – Unpredictability, under yeah. And then you've got this guy just what did bobbing you up. It. You I, 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 I nearly <laughs> – I didn't finish predictability. <laughs> but, they, but you know what I mean? Anyway, what do you think? 0457 736 736. That's the good or – Thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Yeah, 798 says Ponga 14. Another good option. And um, also, I'm going to be really interested to see whether James Tedesco goes on with rep footy or whether he focuses on trying to win a comp with the Roosters as a skipper because Boyd Corden was the skipper the back-to-back championships they had. That's right. I wonder whether he <clears> might step away from, from rep footy. Have we got something here from Daddy Vass at the moment breaking? Is that right? No, he says D- DCE will retire. Oh. From it's just his theory. Oh, it's his theory, is it? It's the, it's the world according to Daddy Vass. Okay, gotcha. Hunt moved to seven, Grant to nine, Ponga 14. Okay. That's not a bad alternative. Well, either. I don't care about the Queensland team. So I don't really care. But you got to. No, I don't. You have to. No, I'm here to stick up for the Blues. We'll win 3-0 this year. Okay. Hey, um, Are you playing with more than 13 at once? Or? <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I've left someone off my list. Have you? Damn it. Steve Wall. Yeah. Tugger. Mm-hmm. Those innings of his. Yeah. I mean. How do we do a three? I know. Too hard. And we've got one of the listeners here. We'll get to him very soon about you know, not knowing enough of the history of cricket. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've got to go to a break. Yeah. Your text on the way next. This is Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. We're back for World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. And Kia. The all-electric Kia EV6. With up to 528 kilometres of range. This is Sports Day. Yes. We are here. Sorry. I said to Daddy Vass. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so can we can we get maybe an Aussie crawl song? 
You should have seen when he looked at me. Who's Ozzy Crawl? Yeah. He didn't say that, but his look said, is that a band? Is it a TV show? Yeah. Is it a... Pub crawl. Yeah. Can I just say, I haven't seen him for a few days. I've got to say, his hair looks much more respectable. Mm. He's gone back to his own hairdresser. Remember he was having his and hers haircuts with the new missile? Looks like he hasn't had the bowl put on his head and they just cut around the outside. That's exactly right. It's like the dog bowl from out the front of the barbers. Yeah. Yeah, this will do. Hey, 798, as I said to you earlier on, sick as a dog. But how sick is it really a dog? Don't know. Yeah. Okay. But 798 says sick as a dog, but it wouldn't kill a brown dog. What's that mean? Well, sometimes they say, oh, it wouldn't kill a brown dog. Or sick as a dog. Like, is it either sick as a dog or wouldn't kill a dog? Okay. Mm. Um, Craig from Maitland's been on the phone. He's three best cricketers of all time. Mm. Number one, Dave Warner. Number two, Dave Warner. And number three, Dave Warner. <laughs> now, I'm joking, Craig. It's called gear. Uh, he's got Ponning, Shane Warne, and AB. Ponning, Shane Warne, yep. AB. Can't disagree with him there. Yep. Now, a few others on the text. This is going off. Graham Robinson. Uh, this is danger. Graham Robinson, Adam Gilchrist. Come on, boys. Wicketkeeper and batsman and standing captain. What more apart from me? The one and only danger. What? So you've given us two danger. <laughs> I want three. Another one here. Zero nine, uh, 798. Do you read this one? A.B. Warren McGrath. A.B. Warren McGrath. Mm. What about, if you're talking about Warren, uh, McGrath, what about Lily? I know McGrath overtook Dennis him. Dennis Lily. I know McGrath overtook him, but... I mean, does it come down to wickets? Does it come down to records? Does it come down to achievements in the sense of how many how many ashes they won in their careers, whatever it may be? Yeah. Dennis Lee, what a great call. Yeah. Is he better than McGrath? He has to be. Well, McGrath took more wickets than him. Yeah. So, But he didn't look as hot as Dennis Lee coming in with his shirt unbuttoned and his dirty mo. And he looks like Daddy Vass's father. And his sweatbands. Daddy, yep. when you get older, you're going to look like Dennis Lilly. If he keeps that moustache. I hope he does. Mm. Hi, guys. My three greatest cricket players, Senator Shane Warne, Adam Gilchrist, and Ricky Ponny, Michael from Des Moines. So it looks like, it looks like we've got Shane Warne and Ricky Ponning. So they're locks. They're locks. Yep. It's just that third one. Because we're, we're leaving the Don out of it because basically the immortal status is the Don, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Couple of texts from New Zealand: A. B. Warney and Clary Grimmett. Oh, I'm too young to actually. It's funny because uh, I do know a little bit about Clary Gim- uh, Clary Grimmett because the New Zealand listener would would also know that Clary Grimmett was he was born in New Zealand. Right. Yeah, I think he was born in uh, from memory because my in laws are down near Dunedin. They used to always talk about Clary Grimmett. Yeah. Right. And okay. Down around that area. Another one from New Zealand, 427, um, listening from Manitoto in New Zealand. Did I get it yeah, right? Yeah, Manitoto. Um, hey, lads, what Kiwis you reckon could make an immortal? Wow. I don't know. Well, Sir Richard Hadley. Yeah. Lay down the Z. Mm. So do you call their award the Sir Dick? You'd, well, you would, wouldn't you? Was Sir Richard Hadley the greatest New Zealand cricketer? So if you say the Don, we've got the Don. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Then we have, have the Sir be. Richard Award in New Zealand. The Sir Dick. <laughs> mm. I don't know if I want the kids going around think, saying, oh, you and Chatfield, you, you and Chatfield should be a, in the Sir Dick. So I don't want that. I want him saying the Sir Richard. Yeah. Mm. Warney Lily Booney for the beers from Budster. <laughs> you know what? That's another list, the characters of the game. Any bloke who has to get off a flight, 
halfway to London at Singapore in a wheelchair. <laughs> Drink responsibly, kids. So I'll tell you once about the club doctor, a club I played at, um, that uh, going on the plane home, he he wasn't – he had too much red wine the night before and right. well into the early hours of the morning. Plane leaves. We had to get him on the plane and hide him with, with this sunglasses. This is the doctor. This is the doctor, sunglasses and a hat on. Like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he'll tie his shoelace around his ankle so when you walk, his <laughs> leg walks as well. And we're sitting in the plane and a, and a guy up the front of the plane, not a player, had some sort of episode, not a serious episode, but the, oh, no. the air hostess said, you're a footy team, I'd, we need your doctor. He's sound like he's sound asleep. He'd vomited in, in one of the bags. He's he's not in any shape to be helping anyone. So, Booney would be a, bit, a little bit like that, I think. Oh, absolutely. Mm. All right, got to go to a break. When we come back, Rogan Dean joins us live on Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Rogan remembers every gut-churning moment of the accident that ended his league career aged just 28. Every microsecond of a car T-boning the left side of his motorbike. I went to stand up and put that leg down and sort of felt just, yeah, pretty much the bones hitting the bitumen and looked down and saw there was no foot there. So and from there I just sat back down, didn't know what to do. <laughs> Somehow he laughs off the memory, but Rogan's a unique character. A cult hero during a Q Cup career with North and Ipswich. 33 tries in 70 games. A former Cowboys pretty too, his mates from North Queensland still rattled. Yeah, Rogan Dean playing in the Host Plus Cup, Queensland Cup. Very good winger, I've got to say. Guns Dean was his nickname as we'd commentate on Channel 9. And in 2020, after round one, COVID shuts down the competition. Players went about their lives, and this is when the moment changed Rogan Dean's life. What he did with the moment in his life should serve as a bit of an inspiration. So this man went, man went from laying in a hospital bed, contemplating what life holds for him and what was in store for him, and after, a, uh, the, after the accident, and now becoming the 2023 World CrossFit Champion. And to all our listeners in New Zealand on SENZ and frequencies in the North and South Island, he is a Kiwi, lives in Australia, and he joins us. Rogan Dean on Sports Day. How are you, mate? Um, good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Very well, very well. It's great to talk to you after you know, calling you in the in the Queensland Cup, the Host Plus Cup, for, for so many years and, and to now see your your career um, you know, post-COVID and post-injury. I can't do that day in 2020 any justice, Rogan, uh, about how trauma- traumatic that may have been. So take us through what occurred on that day. Uh, so, yeah, on that day, sort of with, with um, all the footy season and stuff being cancelled, I... Gave me a lot more spare time on my weekends, and um, a, mate, a mate of mine um, had just bought a brand new Harley, and the two of us were going for a ride um, on the Harleys, and we'd been for sort of just a ride out to Sandgate and Redcliffe, sort of went to a couple of the beaches, and then we're on the way on our way home, and I was about oh, probably two or three minutes away from my house, and um, I had a car um, come off Side Street and cut across the main road. Um, didn't see me coming on the bike and T-bone me on the left-hand side. Um, that sort of crushed my foot between the car and the bike and sort of sent me sort of cartwheeling across the bitumen. And, um, yeah, and then when I finally come to a holder, at, at first I didn't really, like, at, like I think the sort of the rush and shock of it all, I didn't see 
I didn't realise my foot straight away. The first thing I noticed was I had a bit of gravel rash all over my arm and stuff. And I remember thinking, like, shit, I got, I got out of that pretty lucky. Um, and it, it wasn't until I went to to stand up and put that left um, leg down that it didn't quite feel right. And that's when I looked down and saw that, um, yeah, the accident had sort of crushed and severed all of my left foot. Um, and then from there, I sort of, I sat back down and I was thinking, shit, what am I going to do here? And I think I was lucky in a way the car behind me who saw it all was a paramedic on her way to work. So she um, had the whole situation under control, had an ambulance coming. And yeah, from there I was um, rushed to hospital and had a couple of surgeries where they ended up having to amputate what was left of my um, left foot because, um, yeah, it was beyond, beyond repair. So in, in, in hospital, there's COVID, no visitors, so you're lonely. And I was reading that you had painkillers that really had no effect on the pain. And the foot was definitely gone, Rogan, wasn't it? And, and they cut it off at the ankle, prosthetic foot with no mobility. But they gave you another option, didn't they? Yeah, so the, the first couple of days, oh, I was allowed visitors up there, which which was great. And then I think it was, I think it was the third day, maybe, we had another... COVID outbreak, so everyone went into lockdown, the hospital went into lockdown and weren't allowed any visitors or anything, which definitely made it a lot tougher. Um, yeah, the the first um, like emergency surgery was just to, to tidy up and sort of uh, like the accident of well, the damage that was there itself, which was just pretty much at the ankle. It had crushed and severed my foot at the ankle. Um, so yeah, they were unable to save it and then they just they tidied that up and waited for me to sort of wake up from that surgery before they gave me the um, the option of I could um, I could leave it leave it where it was and I'd only have to have a prosthetic foot, which in terms of like looking normal, like you wouldn't really be able to notice it. Um, but I wouldn't it would come with limitations where I wouldn't be able to do a hell of a lot on it. You'd be able to walk, and that's pretty much it. Um, and then the second option was I could go in and have uh, more of my leg cut off up to up to like mid shin, which would mean um, I'd have to wear it like I'd have a prosthetic leg instead of a foot, which would stand out a lot more. But it would open up a lot more opportunities to be able to run and displace and pretty much do everything I could do beforehand. And yeah, for, for me it was a no-brainer. I'd much rather be able to live a full life than trying to look normal. Um, so that was um, I made the decision like straight away, and um, within the next day I was back in for another surgery where they cut more of my leg off up to the mid shin, and um, the the pain relief was a it was a it's a funny type of pain because it was it was like the like the surgical pain itself of like the wound and stuff like that, but the worst part of the pain was all the nerve pain, um, and because of like the accident itself having a sort of crushed and severed all of the um, nerves in that left leg that um, it sort of left me with quite quite severe nerve pain for the next um, few months. And like, no matter what sort of pain relief they were giving me, like I think I had, I had like different sort of IVs, one for ketamine, one for morphine, and then I had a, like a local anaesthetic um, sort of tapped into the back of my knee into the nerve, which was like continuously pumping um, pain relief in there and like it was like nothing was um, able to sort of to numb that pain it would just felt like it was constantly being crushed and like a, like a severe burning feeling in that mm. leg for the next few months 
Now, you, you, like you said, you went with option B and from the just the shin, the knee down, and then you came across the next phase of your life. You always, you always loved your training, and for some reason, CrossFit was introduced, but it's after a chance meeting, wasn't it, with a, with a young lady post-surgery? Yeah, yes. Um, um, not long after my um, surgery, I met my now fiance Cody, um, and I'd already been back into training, like I'd already been back into the gym and sort of staying active and um, getting back into, like, sort of, like I said, like uh, back into health and fitness, which I loved. And after when I met her, um, she was training CrossFit as just part of like. Um, her sort of strength and conditioning for rugby league, she she would use CrossFit as a part of her training, and um, she suggested I gave it a go because she's like you're pretty like fit and strong. It would be like you'd be pretty, something you'd be pretty good at, and um, I think I felt like I jumped in with a couple of sessions with her, and I got hooked on it pretty quickly. Um, and that year was the first year the CrossFit Games included an adapted division as well. So that um, yeah, definitely that that gave me something like that gave me goals to set and something to strive towards and some motivation to, to really ramp my training back up again. So you finished 12th, didn't you, in, in your first CrossFit Games event when you've never really been involved in CrossFit. Now, did, did playing rugby league before and the training and the adaptive training that you got in rugby league, did, do you think it helped you along the way? Yeah, de- definitely. I think, like, yeah, but my first, I think I'd done maybe two CrossFit sessions before Cody signed me up for the CrossFit Open, which is like the beginning of the qualifying stages to try and make it to the game. Um, I had, like I had no idea what I was doing in CrossFit. I, I was lucky enough through years of years of rugby league, I had a pretty good sort of strength and conditioning sort of background. Um, and I, I think well, sort of well, gr- growing up, I was always a scrawny kid, so I've been. I've been like right into my gym work and stuff for like quite a number of years before that. So I was no, I was pretty familiar with weightlifting and and like I've always had like a passion for fitness as well. So I've always been into running and cycling. I've always kept pretty fit. So that definitely helped. Um, like I, I came into CrossFit with a good a good foundation to start with, but it definitely took quite a while. Um, after finishing, like, so yeah, after that, I qualify. Oh, I finished 12th in the world that year, but they only took the top five um, to the games in America. Um, so for the next 12 months, um, all all I did, like, is I just focused all of my training then into CrossFit and learning all of the different techniques and disciplines and all the stuff that I'd struggled like that. I had to had to sort of get down pat before the next. Um, open rolled around, which I thought if I can really focus for 12 months and then see what I do the following year and try and make it to the game. So let's fast forward to 2023, and you are you, you get second not long ago, and then you come into 2023 and second's not good enough, and you're crowned the World CrossFit Games champion, gold medal. How does that sit with you? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was um, yeah, definitely a very proud moment. Uh, like you said, I, in 2022, I made it, finally made it to the games and ended up finishing second, which, which was awesome. But like it was at the same time, it like it was eating away at me. I was so close to winning it, so like I wasn't second was like I wasn't quite happy with it. And I thought if I could, if that, like if I could make that far in 12 months, if I go away for another 12 months and focus even more 
of my training into it, then hopefully I can come back the following year and win it, which which we were able to do this year. Um, I sort of, yeah, I went away and um, definitely dialed in my training a hell of a lot more. And um, I went over to America a lot earlier this year as well and finished off my training camp um, over in Vermont for a couple of weeks to get over all the jet lag and stuff like that and get the body feeling good before we competed for the week. And I went into this year feeling 10 times better than I did last year. And it definitely showed in my performance as well. Rogan, do you sit there sometimes and, and pinch yourself and think post-surgery when there would have been a lot of lonely times and if you sat there and allowed the isolation to take over where you possibly possibly would be now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like, sitting up there by myself, was what, like that was, it was about three days there um, on my own, which was definitely the hardest part of the whole journey. I think like sitting there by myself, wasn't had any visitors or anything and um, that definitely, I could just there, and, and like you said, I maybe had like a bit of an identity crisis. So I was thinking, like, what am I going to do now? I've always been known as, you know, Rogan Dean, the footy player, the fast runner, the big weightlifter, like I sort of, and then sitting there by myself, thinking like, now I'm not going to be able to do any of that sort of stuff. But um, it wasn't until yeah, a couple of months later that I realised just how wrong I was with the technology and prosthetics these days, and. Um, and, and with the right mindset and it took a lot of hard work but I got back to doing what I love doing and that was competing at elite levels and pushing myself to my limits which is what I've always enjoyed. And An angel gets thrown onto your shoulder by the name of Cody. Now have you been asked to go and speak with others that, that have lost limbs and about what the next phase looks like especially and most importantly psychologically what they're going to go through? Yeah I, I've, um, I've constantly got um, like other amputees and that reaching out to me asking a lot of questions and tips and stuff like that and which which I'm always like I'm always happy to help because I know like my in the early days of mine like the, I had like, there's like so many questions you have that no one can really answer it unless they've been through it themselves and um I know that um, in the early days I spoke to like I had a guy that I worked with who two years early um prior to my accident he lost his um left foot exactly the same as mine in a work accident so I was like asking him heaps of questions and it was I got a lot of benefit out of talking to someone who had been through something similar so I'm always like to me I'm always happy to to pass that on and if I can help as many people as I can that's that's something I like doing that's outstanding now before we let you go you watch much rugby league still yeah I still watch a lot of it (laughs) who's your team is it the Warriors or the Cowboys the former team you I'm a, I'm a Warriors man first, Cowboys second. <laughs> the Waz, the Waz, good stuff. Now, listen, you're an inspiration and your positive outlook towards uh, towards life after such a, a traumatic experience. And um, it's great that you've taken the time to, to have a chat to us. And I've been looking forward to this chat for quite a while, Rogan. So thanks very much for joining us on Sports Day. No, no worries. Thank you for having me, guys. We're back for World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. And Kia. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. This is Sports Day. Well, this man deserves this intro, Satsy. It's your favourite. Co- you told me last night he was really good on air. He was only on for 15 no, well, seconds. No, we said you only got 15 seconds. He said, I've got, I've got to put clothes out, so I'll call you tomorrow. All right, mate. You've only got 15 seconds, Glenn. Hello, Justin. Welcome back, mate. Hey, Glenn, how, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I, 
I did manage to get my hand washing out on the line and I only just got it in before the storm hit this afternoon. But anyway, um, what I wanted to say was that um, I won't be able to ring much before... Excuse me. Before Christmas, because okay, that's okay. my, no worries. my uh, publisher reminded me. Okay, yep. no worries. All right. And my manager. Thanks, buddy. Next door. Oh, come on, boys. Well, Hoverboard Pete reminded me. Right. If we want to get thousands and thousands of books into Christmas stockings, I've got to concentrate on that. Will Hoverboard Pete so be calling? There's plenty more to say, but we'll leave it at that because uh, right. the. Uh... Well, I wanted to ask him a question, then he just cut me off. Because he's got a script to read. <laughs> Hoverboard Pete gives him a script. I wonder if Hoverboard Pete's going to ring in in his place. I wonder if he sounds the same. I reckon Glenn lives on a like a property. There's like a long driveway. He's got actually got no neighbours whatsoever. Mm. He's completely isolated from the rest of the world. Oh, I hope so. Out the back of Cessnock somewhere. Hey, um, by the way, that great chat you and uh, Rat had with Brett Kenny last night on the show, make sure you follow SCN League on YouTube. You can see it on there. In fact, for all of our rugby league content, SCN League, subscribe to that now on YouTube. I love it. Always new stuff popping up on my TV. You get the notification. I do get, when I've got nothing on, I, I do get a little bit addicted naked. To, to YouTube. I just want to, asking for a friend. Right. Yeah. Can you clear your history on YouTube? Uh, yeah. You I can? Think, yeah. Okay. I don't think it's on the TV, though. I think it's on your phone. Mm. Again, I don't know. Okay. We'll have a look in the ad break, shall we? A uh, quick couple of texts before we go to the break, Satsy. Oh, I think Ricky Ponting is the best cricket Australia's produced in the modern era, but as far as batting, bowling and fielding goes, Ian Harvey is the most talented all-round cricketer I've ever seen, and they didn't call him the freak for nothing. Simon. Another one. Warning, Ponting, McGrath. Paddles, Crow, Captain Kane, walking out in Rangor. Oh, Pistol Pete. Um... Now, yeah, uh, we've got another one here. G'day, boys. Enjoy the show. My three cricketers would be Warnie Ponning and Andrew Simons, Braden from Perth. Rightio. Keep them coming through. Uh, we're going to put them to a former Australian captain tomorrow night and see what you think. Who is it? Which one? Uh, it's a hook and tease in the beers. Hey, coming up next, we're going to look at some selection gambles for 2024 in the NRL. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kia and World Gym. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the second big hour of Sports Day. We're just um, on one of our 300 television studios, Sats and JC, for your Wednesday nights. Look how young Toos is. Age 22, student, playing for Manly. It's Parramatta versus Manly at the old Parramatta Stadium. 1991. Jeez. And looking at the team, some great players. Parramatta were going through a lean period at this stage, of course, post Cronin and, and Price. Burt's still playing. Uh, Sterlow's gone. And Manly have got a star-studded side. And looking through their side, it's a, Frank Stokes was a really good winger. He's from Darwin. Uh, Matthew Ridge is a fullback. Kevin Eero or Iro, a lot of people used to say it was this. What about the centre. halves? Tuvi Hasler. No, no sorry. Uh, Lions. Tuvi Lyons. 
Amazing side, John Jughead Jones. <laughs> he listens to the show, Jughead. Actually, a good mate of Jughead's. He's he's out there as well. But um, the funny thing was, coming back, he's twenty two. He's a student. Remember, they used to have the yeah, old the career. And yep. He was an accountancy student, um, and also these old games, the Fresh Reserve would wear jersey number like forty nine or fifty five. Because back then, back then the. The fullback in reserve grade yep. was number fourteen, right? And then, and the fullback in second grade in under twenty ones or under twenty threes or under twenty ones at that stage was um, 27? 27, 28, 27, yeah, 27, 28, yeah. yeah. And like the lock forward was thirty nine, twenty six or thirty seven, yeah. So the reserve grade had come on. They, how many players from the reserve grade had come on the bench? I oh, know you could ask as many as you wanted. So it was unlimited. And it wasn't you, unlimited. You could only use a certain amount of players, but you could have, you have unlimited. As, yeah. yeah. And then you have your fresh reserves. Where'd they come from? So the fresh reserves are like the 17 that's named now, the four right. on the bench. They just didn't play before. And as a kid, what we used to do, Jace, is we, we'd play a game yeah. under 21s. Yeah. And you'd sit in the grandstand after your game and or you'd be taking your boots off and the team manager would walk around with the, with the program. Yeah. And reserve grade had already run out, and he'd say, "Yeah, Goddard, you want to sit on the bench with reserve grade? Yep. Kevin Campion, you want to sit? And we're all playing under 21. So you're going. Cool. He'd sit on the bench for second grade. Yeah. And then second grade would finish. And then they'd ask you to sit on the bench for first grade as well and hope like hell that you didn't get on because you're so scared. I've got some breaking news, Sat. Yeah. The Panthers have proposed a two for one player swap to send Jerome Luai to the Tigers. Mm. Now, this is coming from Fox Sports. Now, if this is a player swap, would this be for next season? No, no, no. It'd be 2024. Okay. Uh, 2025. So he's still under contract to the Panthers or yeah. they've got the option? So, so Brandy has said on SEN uh, Brecky with Brandon Vossi, he said, and he's a board of director. Yeah. Um, he just said there's no way in the world. There's no way in the world that Jerome Luai is going anywhere for 2024, and I, I tend to believe him unless something drastically changed. So they would say that they've got a couple of players under contract that the Panthers like the look of to have your Luai. But wait, but I, this is the question I'm asking. Mm -hmm. He's off contract at the end of 2024. Yeah. So he can just leave, can't he? Yeah. So why would the Panthers want two players? So are the Panthers considering him going to the West Tigers next year? Good point. Has he only got one more year left at the Panthers? One more, yeah. Okay, so this could be for next year. Could be for next year. That's I, crazy. I can't see that happening. I can't either. Because they've got young Dane Laurie there who's gone back to Penrith from the West Tigers. And I think they potentially see him as that, you know, jack-in-a-box 5-8 that can jump around everywhere, just let Nathan control everything and you just play like a running game. And um, I think that's where they see... Dane Laurie eventually sort of probably filling in for, for Jerome Luai. Well, what, are, what, what, are the, what, what two players from the West Tigers right now would you even consider if you're the Panthers? Um, Which two players? I would, uh, I would look at, well, they're just someone, they, the young, you wouldn't, young Fane. So I'm getting half, a few texts through now. They believe the swap deal is for next season. Wow. So is he on the nose at the Panthers? No, he's not. It's or they're just trying to leverage while they've got him. And free up num some money, just a little bit extra money that they can start to share around some of their, their good young players that have come through. Your Jesse McLean's and your Liam 
Liam Henrys and those sort of players. Uh, Preston Rickey. Um, it's definitely for next year. I am. I'm just going to look at. I'm just going to look at the Tigers, the West Tigers. While you do that, I'll read out some texts. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching Simon from Balgowney, one of our regulars, just watching the 90s, simply the best Paramanly game, and Brett Kenny is in the number 13 jersey. I didn't know the great Kenny finished his career at lock. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we're yeah. watching the same game too. So, no, I mean, we're working, Simon. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's Clemmer uh, and that young half. Yeah, Lockie Galvin. So, Clemmer and Galvin. So, um, that's an interesting one. Clemmer. Clemmer hu- was on huge money at West Tigers, coming from Newcastle. What are Penrith seeing? I mean, no, no disrespect to Clemmer. Yeah, the, yeah, they lost Liam. Yeah, but they've, they've still got they've got Liam Henry, who's a young yeah. front row from from Blaney. Who probably just he he'll, he's sort of that that guy that comes off the bench that adds that that energy and and enthusiasm into the side. Um, I I don't I I don't get the clamor. I get the Galvin. I I don't get the clamor. It's just purely about depth. Purely yeah. about depth. I mean, clamor would be going. Let's do the deal. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. not going to lose any money. I've got a shot at winning a premiership. Yeah, so it'd be purely about depth, I would say. So Galvin's a seven. Yeah, plays in the halves, yeah. Mm. He's a good young player, Lockie Galvin. Um, I, You know what? I, if I'm Jerome, I'm saying I'm not going anywhere in 2024. Penrith, Penrith probably trying to, and again, I don't know any inside this, but they're probably trying to force it so that they can get something for him. Otherwise, they just lose him. They get nothing for him at the end of 2024. And I know there's going to be some people that will read between the lines and say that um, that maybe it's the comments that Ivan Cleary said during the off-season where he said, no. oh, you know, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. It's about, like you said, the word you used is leverage. If he's going to possibly eventually move on because of money from the West Tigers and what they're offering – well, maybe we can leverage a couple of players to add to, to some depth. So, uh, Lockie Galvin's a good one. Dave Clemmer, just for pure experience and depth, uh, wouldn't be guaranteed a he, – well, he wouldn't be a starting front rower. No. And possibly come off the bench for them. So, that's something he'd have to take upon himself. I'm a, I'm a starting front rower at the West Tigers. I could potentially go to Penrith and never see some first grade. Well, Dane Laurie and – Paul Alamotti have done the same. Yeah, true. Yeah. So um, if I'm Jerome Lua, I'm saying I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I'm staying. I'm staying put. Um, here's a question from Daddy Vass, mm-hmm. our wonderful producer. Yep. If the Panthers lose Lua next season, can they still make the GF? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why well, you got Cleary there and Yo and Edwards and, In and fact, Tao and I think Fisher Le- Harris and Leota. <laughs> We saw it in the Clear grand money. final, didn't we? It, yeah. fr- it actually freed Cleary up. Yeah. Yo- actually, my young bloke reminded me the other day. I, I said to him, do you think you would have won the game? Because listeners, he, he works there. He said, I said, do you think you would have won the game if <coughs> Yo and Luai didn't leave the field? And and I and <coughs> Nathan had to say, Wilson, I've just got to step up now. Um, he said, no, Yo, come back on the field. So I, I didn't realise that. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Obviously, Lou, I didn't. But um, that's an interesting one. Yeah, like I said, I, if I'm Jerome Lou, I'm, I'd, I'd just be digging my heels in. Get Jack on the phone. He's he's good. Him and him and the rig uh, TikTok together, don't they? Mate, 
Trust me, my young bloke doesn't TikTok. Right, okay. He's the only kid under the age of 26 who doesn't look at his phone and live on social media. He'll be listening. He'll be listening to this tomorrow, won't he? He texted he text me today while he was listening to last night's show yeah. on the podcast. And he said, oh, great chat with Brett Kenny, yada, yada, yada. And he said, you're an idiot. You've officially lost it. Because last night I said, I think in five or six years' time, yeah. Jesse Southwell and Tamika Upton could play in the men's. What? And so a lot of people thought I was on the Susie Wong. What? And I'd lost it. Maybe I've Why would you HIA. say that? Because I think it's... I think they could. Oh, come on. So he he, he piled on as well. He said, I, I don't, you're an idiot. Jack and I don't get along, but I agree with him on this one. <laughs> Sats, aren't you a PI? Surely you know almost every everything, even search history, can be recovered unless you destroy the hard drive. I didn't know from a YouTube point of view. How bad are we talking, mate? Are you watching It's a Knockout reruns? How good was It's a Knockout? Canara Cowboy. Canara, that was a great show. Wasn't it? Just people being smashed on a slippery pole. Yeah. What? <laughs> they no. were, they were, yeah, anyway. Mm. I think Ricky Ponning is the best cricket Australia has produced in the modern era. But as far as batting, bowling and fielding goes, Ian Harvey's the most talented all around. Did you read this one out, Simon, from Bowgowney earlier? Yeah, I did. So we've got in, we've got in our top three Ricky Ponning and Shane Warne. We're looking for that third one to put to the former Australian skipper. Tomorrow night on the show. Hey, guys, one of the, the, the bat oh, – I just one of the bat that Don Bradman's 1948 Invincibles trip from Oz to England took six weeks on a boat, no planes like now. Yeah, actually, and it was about a six-month tour. That's mm. where Ian Harvey, it is alleged, had an affair with Princess Margaret. What? I'm Ian, serious. Not Ian Harvey. Not Ian Harvey, oh, sorry. Um, sorry, Harvey family. Sorry, those <laughs> – <coughs> oh, sorry. Right. Oh, I'm not going well. No, Keith Miller. Keith Miller. Yes. Mm. You keep reading text. Okay. Uh, Richard Hadley, Martin Crow, Ricky Ponning from 905. Well, Martin Crow was a, was a Kiwi, wasn't he? Is Australia's Hall of Fame. Border, Lily Punter from Fitzy. What about uh, evening, gents? You got him before I could text. Alan Border definitely revolutionised Australian cricket and fixed our team. An absolute legend, Michael says. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And also Bondi Jack, retrospectively, is that's going backwards. Okay, so it's it's the same. Bondi Don't Jack. Him. Don't upset him. But he also does say, uh, extremely well thought out regarding Luai 2024. Brandy is telling Porkies, but why would Penrith do? What would Penrith do with Clemmer when Ball, uh, Bloor is there? So Sean Bloor looks like going to Melbourne. Losing a really good middle forward, you wouldn't want to lose another one in Clemmer as well. But I, I can't keep up. I, I, All I know is that no one wants to leave Souths. <laughs> okay. 049 says, hey, guys, why don't they pick only players in their actual positions? This is in relation to Kalen Pong and Reese Walsh fighting over the number one jersey. Pong has more or less just said, I'm coming after that number one jersey, Reese, whether you like it or not, which I love. Yeah, but don't you want both of them in the side? In the side. Yeah. So well, you've got to give and take. Why don't they pick the players in their actual positions? Apart from utility players, poor centres and wingers get shafted by fullbacks. Yeah, they do in some, some occasions. From the New South Wales point of view, they do. When, oh, stop it. When Trogboyevich and Luttrell. So, okay. If, We've got so much talent. We don't know where to put it all. If Jada James Tedesco decided before the season kicks off that 
yeah, I'm, I'm going to step down from from Origin representative duty. Yep. So I'm going to yep. focus on trying to captain yep. the Roosters to a premiership. Yep. If everyone's fit and everyone's playing, who's Tom your Trubovic. Is he okay? Yeah. Although I do like his roaming role at centre. Yeah. Well, you can roam more at fullback. I'd, I'd actually be all for. I'd actually all be for him and Mitchell swapping throughout the game. Oh, were well, you jumping on the back of Sugars? No. Little mate, strategy, I am. I'm not all into sugar like you are, mate. Your boyfriend. Well, mate, you just you just took you just stole his. Well, idea. I didn't know he said that. Why can't two people have an opinion? No, nah, you stole it. Yeah. Has to be called the Don. If you know what the Don means, it's fitting. Shane from Bribey Island. Bri- Shane, Bribey Island. Still, times I wish, still wish I lived there, Bribey Island. At Bribey? Mm. We built the Bribey Island Hotel in 1978, 79. Never been there. For those who aren't in Brisbane, it's just off, off the northern end of Brisbane. Heading off, towards the Sunshine Coast. Off Redcliffe, isn't it, basically? Well, no, you're heading towards the sunny coast and you sort of turn <clears> off. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a beautiful town. A beautiful little, little, um, little place it is. Yeah, nice. Built this massive pub. And whenever the rodeo used to come into town. Is it rodeo or rodeo? Uh, I say rodeo. I say rodeo. Sometimes I say rodeo. <laughs> um, but the rodeo used to come into town each year. Yeah. And Dad used to grease his elbows and knuckles up because he knew it was going to be like five days of just fighting. Yeah, fair dinkum. Oh, the cowboys used to come in there and just take him on every night. Every night. Mm. Peaches in the top three. Did you read this one out? Warren Lily Gilchrist. We've had a few for Gil- Gilly, actually. Yeah. Changed, changed the way the keeper played the game. I don't mind it. Warn Border Ponting. Geez, that seems to be it, doesn't it? Well, Keith from Taree, Old Bar, Rugby League Club there. Yep. G'day, boys. Bradman won. Warney two. There is no three. Well, it's called the Don Award, right? So we need we need three others. Well, they disregard that one. Well, on the back of Don't Make Him Cranky again, okay? Who? Bondi Jack. Oh, God. Oh, no, it's the big G. Sorry, Bondi Jack. I've got to apologize. Bondi, uh, the big G has said, oh, no, he's nominated three. No, Bondi Jack's got one here where he nominates four. And that's three. Yeah. The big G, Alan Border, Jeff Thompson, Steve Waugh. Now, you know, there's an argument there that Steve Waugh at one stage was about to get dropped <coughs> until he came out with that. Great innings at the SCG. Century, yep. But I think a lot of people have gone through their careers where their their position is possibly being questioned for whatever yep. reason. Yep. War went through that. I don't think Ponting went through it. Maybe towards the end. Um, yeah, most do towards the end. But he gave up the captaincy. Yeah. And stayed on as a batsman. He did. What about this one? This is from Coffs Tiger. Okay, lads. I can't understand why Stewie McGill was never given the chance to take 700-plus wickets. What? Because he played in it. Again, we look at Origin, those players that missed out because there was a great player in front of them. Matty Ballin, Andrew McCulloch, Cam in the, Smith. In this instance, Shane Warne. He says, he outbowled Warne on every test match they played together. His stats are off the charts. Apparently a massive A-grader. His strike rate and average is ridiculous when you look at numbers across the history of the game. But unfortunately, he just didn't get the ability to play as many t- tests. And Coffs Tiger makes a good point there. And the pitchers played a huge role in that because Warren could pretty much bowl on any pitch. But we didn't want two leggies. No. We wanted, we wanted an offie and a leggy, and we had the luckiest man in cricket down the other end who was one of the nicest blokes, according to Ian Healy and Tim May. Hmm. And him and Warren bowling in tandem yeah. was pretty special, wasn't it? Mm. They'd all try and smash Tim May, and he'd pick up all the wickets down the <laughs> other end. It was great to watch. Yeah. 
Now, Tomo goes to my local cafe at Roachdale. Queensland Chet says, should I go and say hi? Yeah, absolutely. Tomo would love it. He's the greatest guy ever, Tomo. One of the great guest speakers. You've got to filter a lot of the stuff that he that he talks about, but it's yes. it's great content. Actually, I was if I was better today, I was going to call you and see if you wanted to go. There's a new cafe near where we are. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Scouts Hall or Scouts Cafe? Um, I have seen it. I'm trying it to imagine great. where it is. It looks great. Mm. I have seen it, but I don't know where it is. Opposite the Scout Hall. Oh, yeah, no, I don't go there. Oh. No. Have you got history? No, because my mate... <laughs> Because my mate, um, excuse us for a minute, listener. Yeah, my mate has offered a, has, has a coffee shop like with only thirty seconds away, so I refuse uh, to go there. Mm. Right, okay. So there you go. So you won't join me there. All right, no worries. Gents, could Kalen play on the wing? Well, we've already read that one out, haven't no, we? No, no, we haven't. Oh, could Kalen play on the wing? He debuted against the Broncos on the wing for the Cowboys he and did absolutely brained it in a semi-final too. Had a great game on his debut. He just looked like he'd been there for so many years, and uh, still only a puppy was. Yeah, he could play on the wing. Um, but probably like you're saying, Jace, if you want him to, if he played in the centres and and put Val Holmes on the wing, he could have a roaming role. You couldn't really do it as much in Origin from the wing. You could in NRL, but probably mm. not at Origin level. Righty up, we're going to go to a break. This is Sports Day. By the way, um, coming up later on, uh, we've got our brand new segment, which every kid loves. Are you serious? <laughs> That's Daddy. After I told him something about the Broncos. <laughs> I've got a Stingray's just sent in a are you are you serious? All right, if you've got yeah. an are you serious for us, 0457 736 736 is our text number, double eight double three if you're in New Zealand. This is Sports Day. When we come back, Simon Orchard joins us. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to It's uh, Wednesday Night Edition. We always catch up with this bloke about the Greyhounds in New South Wales. Uh, now, Simon Orchard, uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty, the dogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing. What's gambling really costing you, mate? Uh, you don't have to go far this week. All the action's in Maitland. <laughs> yes, boys. Uh, big cheerio to you. You're right. Spot on. The Maitland Cup heats are on Friday, boys. Uh, it's a group two race worth $40,000 to the winner. Uh, and tomorrow, the Maitland Future Stars, Maiden. So this is a an event, boys, that over the years has produced some of our absolute Rolls Royces of Greyhound chases. Uh, in the last couple of years alone, the likes of Ties That Bind, Zipping Kyrgios, mm. Good Odd, Good Odd Parada, Skywave have all won the Maitland Future Stars. And I reckon one that you boys are going to like the most. In 2019, it was won by Drink Shoeys, which is a wonderful <laughs> name for a Greyhound. But uh, some of those dogs I've mentioned, boys, have gone on to win million-dollar chases and been placed in Million Dollar Chases. Zipping Curios has won over $500,000 in prize money. And that all started at the Maitland Future Stars Maiden. So if you're flicking on the TV tomorrow, have a look at the heats. There's six of them. It's hard to get a read on exactly who's going to be the best, considering a lot of these dogs are unraced. Uh, there are a couple in the field that have had a run around before, but most of them coming from the big kennels. And this is where the trial pervs boys are out watching each and every week to make sure they can find some value uh, when having a little bet as well. So Future Stars heats tomorrow. Maitland Cup, the big one, 
Uh, the heats are on Friday, and I've had a look at the nominations. Gee, there's some absolute humdingers running around in the Maitland Cup as well. Some dogs that everyone will know. Some dogs from the big kennels like the Lord Kennel, Peter Lagagioni. He's won $2 million chases. He's got dogs involved. Uh, Joe McFadgen, a good local trainer, has had a couple of good ones go around recently. And, of course, Mini Finn, uh, as always, dominant, dominant with uh, Zip and Caleb coming up to the Maitland Gold Cup. So it was won earlier this year by Lemmy Dad Boys in March. We've, we've, it was so successful that we've put it on again uh, now in November. The final will be run next Friday. I'm really looking forward to just rolling five minutes across the bridge to the beautiful Maitland showground to watch the Maitland Cup go off over the next couple of weeks. Remember years ago, Simo, someone said to me, oh, watch this young dog. It's going to hit the circuit soon. His name was Feral Frankie. Now, we know the history behind Feral Frankie. He's one of the, mm. great, one of the great greyhounds. Is there, is there anything that's, that you've been tipped off that really hasn't, hasn't had any exposure yet that you're looking forward to seeing? In the Future Stars Maiden section yeah. that you're after there, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, well, Feral Frankie's got a couple of youngsters going around, but there's a dog uh, in the first tomorrow. It's in box six. So race one, Maitland tomorrow, box six called Angel Shirley. Now, the talk around the traps is that this thing can really run. Um, trained by Kevin Schalk. As I said, I don't have any information on it other than the fact that it's been absolutely tearing up the trial track, and that doesn't necessarily mean... It's going to go well, boys. You would have run into plenty of blokes over the years, Sats, that could train the house down and then mm. couldn't do it on match day. So we'll have to see how Angel Shirley can go, but there's one to keep an eye on. Other than that, Michelle Sultana always, always has good youngsters. She's got a dog going around in the same race, race one called Rinse the Lot, but in race uh, three, she's also got Aston Murphy. So keep an eye on Aston Murphy, Rinse the Lot, and maybe Angel Shirley to really run the house down tomorrow. Okay, let's look at the other end of the scale. And when I say that, I refer to Fat Pizza. It's been a horrible week. <laughs> yeah, Fat Pizza. Uh, how do, I've run out of superlatives to describe this wonderful dog that we've claimed. When did we claim him, boys? Around start 60, 70 odd, I reckon. Yeah, and be, now he's 91 starts. He's seven or eight months ago. Easy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a, a long time ago. Uh, as I said, 91 starts, zero wins, but 38 placings, a tick over 12,000 dollars in prize money. Nicholas Kilner, the great man, uh, doesn't have a lot of dogs in work, but Fat Pizza's probably his best, which I'm not sure what that says about uh, <laughs> Sir Nick. But, boys, the dog has run eighth and seventh. So eighth up the Richmond Strait, seventh around the Richmond Circle. We'll get him back to Potts Park. That's where he does his best work. He had a oh, second and a third there last month. Mm. I don't know what Kilner's thinking, sending him to Richmond up against some of these absolute stars and the margins haven't been flattering at all, boys. There's almost a football field between him and first place. So I can get him back to Potts Park and get him that, that win. Uh, second of December. So what's that? A couple of days' time, he's actually nominated for a uh, 440-metre race at Potts Park. So maybe, boys, maybe that will be is the that, breakthrough. Is that the perfect distance, Sats? Oh, I think it's that? a little bit too long for Fat Pizza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit too long. But can we slow out of the gate and slow to finish? Can what we get is Nicholas Kilner on one night? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to give him – we need to have a serious chat to him. need to fire him up. <laughs> yeah. So it's slow out, slow yeah, to do. finish. Where mm. do you put it? What, what sort of race suits it? Probably, we need a handicap for probably it. Probably one against – We need yeah. to bring the handicap back. If they've got a – if they've got a – a, a race with rot wheelers. Maybe half a chance. <laughs> it's still lose. Uh, Maybe he's a hurdler, boys. We used to do hurdle races. Maybe there you we go. need to bring the hurdles back. Maybe mm. that's Fat Pizza. Fat Pizza uh, just runs straight through them, though, yeah. I reckon, Simon. Yeah. Hey, quickly, <laughs> uh, some tips for us tonight at Richmond. 
yeah, race five, number three, you can get around uh, Two Mates, which is aptly named. Race five, number three, Two Mates. And then race eight, number four, Zipping Ronaldo. Really good dog for the Finn Kennel. Uh, yeah, he's a star. Seven of 17 wins so far and only on the way up, boys. So there you go. A couple to get around tonight. Rightio, thedogs.com.au, the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. Uh, what's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We'll chat to you next week, Simon. Cheerio. We're back for World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. And Kia. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. This is Sports Day. Jeez, we nearly finished. Oh, we've got 25 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Got a text here from uh, Stingray. Jace, true story, I was at a K-themed 21st birthday party with Simon Orchard about 16 years ago. What? I dressed up as potassium. My now wife, Claire, dressed as a kebab. That's a keeper. Claire could go on the Mars Singer <laughs> as a kebab. Stingray, you have got yourself there a keeper. Yep. Mm. Oh, now I feel like a kebab. How good are kebabs? Yep. Chicken, lamb, or both? No, you've got to have a combination. Yeah, same. Yep. Large, too. Don't go to small. No tomato. Tomatoes. Barbecue sauce? Hey, tom- uh, I like the white sauce occasionally. Yep. I like the white sauce. And I have some chili. Oh, do you? And a tiny bit of barbecue. No cheese. I don't put cheese. No, you've got to have cheese. No. Do you have tabbouleh? Yes. Mm. I love tabbouleh. I love it. It's great. What about falafel? No, no falafel. Makes me windy (laughs) or gassy, as the kids say. How about Adam Gilchrist? By far the cricketer who changed cricket forever. MG Penrith. Is that the MG from Penrith? Probably. Even though if it is the MG, he knows nothing about cricket, even though he's built like a middle stump. (laughs) We're trying to – we've got to try and put this list together. So with the Dons, the top three for the Don – so we have to exclude the Don because everyone's saying Don Bradman. So we've got Warney. Tick. We've, we've got Punter. Tick. Ricky Ponning. Tick. Who's the third? There's a few there for Gilly. Yeah. There's a few there for McGrath. McGrath, yeah. There's a few there for, um, who was the other one? Um, we have actually. Warn, Ponting, and, and oh, I said McGrath, didn't I? But Warren yeah. and Ponting are definitely in there. We just need to add a third one to the list. So we've got a lot of nominations. Uh, Rod, Toronto Rod says, Tugger was a good all-rounder before shoulder problems and a great captain and a top batter. One of, one of the great captains. Sorry, um, AB. AB was yours as well. Alan Border. Has had a lot of, um, has had a lot of votes. Uh, we've got Ricky Ponning, Shane Warne are locked in for one and two. We possibly have a wicket keeper. Number three is Adam Gilchrist. I've got to say, that's from Simo, we've got a lot of votes for for Gilly. Daniel from Prairiewood says, my three immortals are based on the batsman, a wicket keeper, and a bowler. For that reason, I've gone Steve War, Ian Healy, late Shane Warne. Well, I went to lunch with Ian Healy on Friday. And Brucing, he was, yeah. No, no, no. And he was, yeah, perfor- you did. You no, he was performing like an immortal. Yeah, you just bruised. Like that wasn't that was an immortal performance. Well, he's a he's got plenty of runs on the board, hasn't he? He's got plenty. For a of tiny experience. fella, he can put it away. Yeah. Now Tommy in Sydney says Gilchrist changed the game. War mental disintegration of the opponents. Greg Chapel averaged fifty four when the bats weren't as good as 
and the fields weren't roped in. So that's another one. That's a that's actually yep. a really good point you make there. And we've got one here around McGrath as well, which I'm just going to try and find really quickly. Here we go. It's from uh, 597. McGrath played against Zimbabwe and Bangladesh. Obviously, no, uh, obviously took more wickets than Lily, who also played World Series cricket in his prime that didn't count. Wow. So it's a little little bit like Murali, isn't he, with Warren. He overtook Warren's all-time wicket taker. But he was bowling on spin-conducive wickets, yeah. And playing against a lot of the, the sub, yeah, subcontinent. So, Statsy from Freshwater. I reckon this is a bit hard, but I can get it. I do get it. When it, whenever turns their back on New South Wales to move to Queensland, he shall never be forgiven. Alan Border, Bankstown boy, is a turncoat on the of the Edward Snowden category or in the <laughs> Edward Snowden category. Good baseballer, wasn't he? But Hopefully. geez, that's that's a bit rough. <laughs> that is a bit rough. But he was, yeah, he was a New South Welshman. Alan Border. Five seven nine says my immortals, Lily, Warren, and Miller. Keith Miller, of course. Crime scene says, good to hear you, Woogie. Thanks, mate. It's sure, I'm sure Rat is going to a concert tonight because the couple of sports day shows he had tickets on himself. Crime scene rips into Rat. So what, what did Rat do wrong? Oh, no. No, I don't know. Nothing. But crime scene just rips into him. And, you know, Rat's got to be pulled down a couple of pegs now and then. It, this is how much of a wanker he is. We've got this WhatsApp group. And he's, oh. he's gone away on holidays at the moment, hasn't he? Well, yeah. He's having a bit of a break with the family. And he said, how beautiful is it when you fly into Queenstown, all the snow-capped mountains? Shut up, rat. That's what I wrote. What did you write? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I said it's... You were, I, you were being nice. I think nice. it's the greatest place on earth. I just wrote, shut up, rat. Mm. <laughs> um, Sir Dick is all-time greatest. He is our Bradman. That's from New Zealand 905. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't mind putting together New Zealand's greatest. I mean, you'd have to... Would Martin Crow, Sir... Sir Richard Hadley. Richard Hadley's a lock. Martin Crow was an amazing cricketer. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance Cairns. Lance Cairns, mate. Amazing. Yeah. I, you know, again, they've been... Ian Smith. Yeah, very successful at cricket for many, many years in New Zealand. Um, it'd be interesting, that one. Again, I'm, I'm not going to try and, try and uh, know a lot about their history of, of cricket, which I don't. But um, you had Crow, you had... Well, they're current. Richard Hadley, you had Ian Smith, like you said, uh, Brendan McCullum. Their current captain. Mm. What's his name? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be there. Mm. You know, the current fast bowlers for, for, for New Zealand. Anyway, there's a few there. Uh, Kiwis, still got some time. Double eight, double three to shoot us through a text. Uh, it's time to change uh, the way we go here. We'll do this. Are you serious? Time for oh, yeah. you are serious. Sats, have you got one for us? Uh, do you want to hear about the worst prison conditions in the world? Black, it's called the Russian Black Dolphin Prison. Inma- inmates are not allowed to eat together. If an inmate leaves their cell, they have to walk bent over 90 degrees to the ground. When they're outside, they are blindfolded so they don't know what the layout of the prison is. They're not allowed to lie down during the day. They must stand at all times. No one's ever escaped from this prison. The only way out is death. And you get to watch an hour of TV after serving 10 years. Are you serious? Or could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine that TV show? Guys, tonight it's The Bachelor. That's your only hour you get. Hey, this... What's a dolphin prison? No, it's called Black Dolphin Prison. Right. Um, the, 
the new Bachelor, which starts next week, <laughs> this week, this Sunday, I think it yes, is. Yes, it is Sunday, 7.30 on 10. Luke Bateman, former Raiders player. He's one of the Bachelors. Oh, there's more than one, is there? Yeah. Oh, how there's three Bachelors. I've got one for you. Yep. Hamish McLennan has said that Suali'i has cost Rugby Australia $5 million, but he has already made it worth $50 million to the code. Are you serious? Where's the money then? Well, Hamish? Yeah. and that's why this bloke isn't in the job anymore. <laughs> now, you, you might argue that there's been like publicity and all that stats, but you said to me off air today, and a very good point. Um, I don't know if all of it was good. No, a lot of it's been negative. And if I'm Joseph Suali and I'm his manager, I'm saying, so our $5 million contract over three years, that has turned into $50 million. So do we get a bit of bigger cut than that? Are we getting a bigger bigger cut than a bigger cut in the Are we going to see revenue? rugby on the main channels? Probably not. Are we going to see rugby? You know, we're having a chat in the office. Yeah. I think it was on Monday. And every time, and this is not an advert for Fox, yep. but every time a sport leaves Foxtel or any of the Fox Sports channels, yep. it goes down the toilet. Mm. And the two examples are rugby and soccer in this country. Yep. You know, and I know it's stronger in Sydney, and I get that, but there was 10,000 people. Well, it wasn't even 10,000 people at Suncorp on Sunday to watch the Raw, and they're one point from the top. Yeah. I don't even know when the A-League's on. I've got to, you know, I feel sorry for the A-League because it's such a, a, a great competition. And it's just... Yeah, is it? Uh, well, it is, a, it is a great competition for the talent that they've got. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really good grounding for young talent to then get snapped up and taken overseas at a very early age, a young age. So, But I don't see it on TV, Sats. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's, it's a shame because it is a very good competition. But, but also, the, the best players just can't stay here. Oh, no, I get yeah. that. But even if, you know, it's good to find those young up-and-coming players and follow them and watch them. But I wouldn't even know when a game is on. Yeah. Look at the NBL. It's thriving. Mm. Like most, most venues are sold out. Mm. You can't get tickets. Yeah. And that's a summer sport that's just going from strength to strength. Yeah, indoor, air-conditioned, all that sort of stuff. But it's on ESPN. Yeah. It's on KO Freebies. Great stuff. Yeah. Are you serious? My Dragons ain't competition favourites in 2024, Simon Are says. you serious? Yeah, they're not. They're not. Simon, are you okay? You're, do we need to send out a welfare check? Um, Woogie and Worm. Williamson, by the way. Kane Williamson. Yep. We've got a few here, actually. We've got uh, Mc- Danger said McCallum, Vittori and Gilchrist. Hang on. Are you serious? <laughs> Danger, have you been on the cans in cans again today? Hmm. So Bondi Jack says, hey, boys, are you serious? New Zealand, uh, no contest. Hadley Crow Williamson. Um, are you serious? Crime scene says, I do like Rat. I just feel as though he needs to be grounded now and then. Are you serious? Yeah, Canara Cowboy says, Daniel mm. Vittorian, Baz Ball himself. Yeah. yeah. That's only two. Uh, Rooster Muzz, I have an are you serious for the vasculator and his miso. Okay. Should we bring him in? Otters hold hands while sleeping so they don't float away from each other. Daddy, come in here. Do you do that with the miso? If you just go for a swim in the ocean, <coughs> do you hold hands so you don't float away from each other? Daddy, come in, please. 
Did it. Take your time. Come into this infested studio, which he hasn't stopped coughing at. Daddy. Yeah. Do you hold hands when you go to sleep of a night time? Sometimes. Oh. Not every night. Well, if you go to a, like a swim together, do you hold hands so you don't, one doesn't float away? She's known for a doggy paddle. What? 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 A doggy paddle. Are you serious? See, that's what I get wrong, don't I? <laughs> I normally say I get it mixed up. <laughs> True. I'm glad uh, one of us knows what we're doing here, Stingray, Daddy. You probably won't, don't know what this is, Daddy Vass, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Stingray mm. says, I've got an Are You Serious? Holy smoke. Do you know you can now get a Vionetta on a stick? What? Are you serious? Do you know what a Vionetta is? No. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious again? Yeah, yeah. That again? Are, you Are you serious? It right? It's changed my life, Are you Stingray. saying it right? Are you saying it right? Vionetta? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Huh. You don't even know what it is, and you're trying to correct me. <laughs> Just like sounds like, Jack. Just sounds like you're saying it wrong. Matt, I love your hair. I really do. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you've got to get away from the miso with your grooming. You look like Jeffrey my barber, Dahmer. My barber was furious. I would be too. He Doesn't saw... you look like Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. Yeah, but a happy I won't, I won't Jeffrey, say that. Jeffrey I Dahmer. You know who he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you serious? No, mate, looks good. Because it did look ridiculous, your last one. I'm in, I'm in prime for the, uh, the Chrissy party. Are you? On Friday? Yeah. Mm. You're not going sats, are you? No. Well, do you got something better on? No, because I'll probably be sick from you after tonight. Um, Adam Jackson, our good friend from Channel 9, has just texted into the show and said, hey, boys, don't forget Daniel Vittori. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he's in the top three, Kiwis. Daniel Vittori, Martin Crowe. So it's Crow. Baz. It's Baz, Martin Crowe, and Daniel Vittori. Sir Richard Hadley. Well, that's four. So is it is it Daniel Vittori, Richard Hadley... Well, Richard Mark. Hadley's a lock. He's like like the listeners are saying Sir from Dick. New Zealand. Yeah. But should we call it the, the Dick Award? The Sir Dick Award. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so he's the, the lock. Big Dick Award. <laughs> no, it's not that at all. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> what was that? Well You okay? He's the king. No. King it's, Dick Award. He's just, no, it's Sir Dick. Okay, radio. So that's the award. So you got the the Don and the Dick. Yep. You got those two awards, right? Richard yep. Hadley and Sir Donald Bradley. So Martin Crow, Daniel Vittori, and who's the who's the third Kiwi? Oh, so Hadley's just he's like the Bradman. He's yeah, out yeah. of it. Um, I'm going to say Ian Smith. Oh God, okay. He just gets it for his call. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to work out our third Aussie. Now, who gets? Is it? It's down to so it's it's definitely for the Don. It's Ponting. And Warren, yes. who's the third? Is it AB or is it Gilchrist? I'm going Alan Border. Me too. And I've, I honestly, I feel sorry for a lot of the cricketers that came before Alan Border because I'm sure there's plenty there that deserve great debate. Right. But for what I've seen, I'm going to say Alan Border purely for his career, but also what he did for Australian cricket. I agree with you yeah. 100%. We'll put that tomorrow night to former. Australian Test Captain Tim Payne mm. when he joins us on Sports Day. Very quickly, Another Sats. really quick one for Are You Serious? Honey has no use-by date. Archaeologists, Tommy says, have found pots of honey in ancient Egypt, Egyptian tombs that are thousands of years old and still perfectly edible. Are you serious? I didn't understand half of what you said then, but I'm going with it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so does that mean the bee hangs around all that time? don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. All right, ask again. Mm. All right, Sports Day, break time. Come back with the last laugh. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. 
This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. We're back for World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. And Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. This is Sports Day. Hey, uh, before we go tonight, a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Uh, there's a bushfire in Mount Susanna, west of Tullamore, which is under control. RFS are urging listeners in the area to stay alert and make sure your bushfire survival plan is up to date. Please stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. This update brought to you by the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Rooster Muzz, we can't read out yours and what you do in fruit shops, but... Um Toronto Rod said, are you serious? Maxi's last game in India last night. Are you serious? Unbelievable, wasn't it? It's amazing, wasn't it? 104 off about 47 balls. Yeah, Alan Border's got a lot of votes. Greg Chappell as well. Thank you, St. Boyd. Uh, We've got, uh, oh, in Hearn Bay, which is in in Auckland as well. So Shane Warne, rest rest in peace. Ricky Ponning, Big Merv Hughes as well. Uh, very quick one from Stingray. Love watching Steve Wall running in at a 45-degree angle yeah. and bowling in slow motion. Absolutely right. On Sports Day, it's time for the last laugh with Scott Sattler. This is, I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me. The stage is yours, Hey, Sats. Greg, thanks for texting. Greg from Campbelltown. Now, a guy goes to the doctor because he lost his ear in an accident. And, and they said, listen, we don't have a normal ear, but... I've got a pig's ear over here. <laughs> Same sort of size. So they graft a pig's ear onto him. And after about a few weeks, he goes back to the doctor to see if it's working okay. So he says, go into the sh- into the, the sound booth there, put the headphones on. They play some music and some noise. Comes out, he says, how's it going? He says, it's good ear, my normal ear, perfect. The other ear, a little bit of crackling. <laughs> I actually liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Well done. I just can't find. I'll give you this. We'll be back tomorrow night. Readers just said, we'll get the slip line. I can't say that. We'll catch you tomorrow night. See ya, mate. Goodbye!